The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis. Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the Echo Dispatch. You may have guessed from the title sequence that I am Jason Lewis. I am a reporter at the Bournemouth Daily Echo and I spend the majority of my time covering court and crime. But I'm really looking forward to trying something a little bit different with this new audio series. So what is the Echo Dispatch? My aim is to bring a series of interviews with people from across the local area, whether that be a leader in their field sharing insight on what they do, or digging deep in someone's passion for their chosen craft. And I'm thrilled to begin the series with a fascinating chat with Ryan Howell about all things CSI and forensics in Dorset. This interview was conducted over a video call with both Ryan and I recording the audio before it was edited together. Ryan has been involved with forensics for many years. He finished university after studying marketing management but soon realised the Monday to Friday 9 to 5 wasn't for him and he was attracted to policing. He volunteered as a special constable for 14 years and during that time he was given the chance to join West Midlands Police as a crime scene investigator. A promotion to Essex followed where he was able to lead his own team for a number of years before coming to Dorset in 2020 to lead the department. Ryan is a regional forensics coordinator who leads the team of crime scene investigators within Dorset Police as part of the Southwest Forensics Collaboration, a unit which involves four police forces. Without further ado, Ryan, good afternoon. Jason, good afternoon. Thank you. It's really nice to be involved. Um, nice to raise the profile of the work that, that our teams in forensics do. I'd imagine there's likely to be some misconceptions about the work of CSIs, including from myself, out and about on the job when I've reported from crime scenes. What is the role of forensics teams in the police force, Ryan? With CSI, so Crime Scene Investigators and the Department of Crime Scene Investigation form part of a bigger team that we call forensics, uh, and that's internal and external to the police. So, you know, if we were to look at a, a, a television depiction of what CSI is, CSI on TV does everything. They all do everything within 20 minutes, whereas in real life, that's not really the case. So a number of those roles and tasks are divided up into various different uh, roles and responsibilities. So our team of CSIs are, are the sort of the scene going experts, if you like. Uh, they go out and they identify those opportunities to recover evidence or, or preserve it for later analysis. And then there's loads of different avenues that those pieces of evidence can go down. Uh, and the bits that you see on TV of people looking down microscopes and examining clothing for blood and stuff, we, we do that, but that's done by an external lab and we, we kind of look at them as, as partners, if you like. You touched on there yourself that we might see a depiction on television, potentially from a drama show. And at the moment, we've got what I think is an absolutely brilliant insight on the television at the moment. I think it's forensics, the real CSI. Firstly, on the TV adaptation stuff, how far is that from reality in terms of these dramas? Is it not even so you can really compare to because everything's so fast paced all the time and they always find something and so there's two different so depending on what you look at on the television the documentaries for me are fantastic because they actually show the real uh, side of of forensics of crimes in investigation and that most recent one that you were just talking about jason the real csi in birmingham i saw today that actually it's been viewed by nine million people which is amazing and that really raises the profile of the work our teams do and it, it's very true to life. So um, I mentioned a second ago, I started my career in the West Midlands. So it's very odd for me to see people I knew and worked with on the television doing our job. Uh, but, but you know, it is a true reflection of, of what happens. You know, the CSIs are spending hours and hours on their hands and knees, in their white suits, in the, in, in the heat, uh, in mostly unpleasant circumstances, surrounded at those sort of jobs by death and blood. Um, and it, it is a true reflection and the, the, the process takes time. And, and I think they, they did a great job in, in sort of demonstrating that actually things aren't solved within the hours episode. 
Um, whereas if you look at the drama side of things, uh, they're very unrealistic. Uh, and um, I think the only thing that we would like there is is their improved technology and access to their Hummers, because their Hummers are great. I don't think they do so well on the streets of Dorset, though. And in, you touched on there, obviously, the Hummers. What sort of um, equipment are you got? I can just see you've got, for people, obviously, this is going to be an audio, so they can't see, but you've got probably one of the best teams backgrounds I've ever seen. Um, in terms of shows, showcases really what you guys all do and there's a picture I've seen it as well when I've been out and about on jobs as the white forensics uh, CSI van um, what sort of kit do you do you have with you on the sort of day-to-day or do you need to do your job the the traditional kit for CSIs that that they've used hasn't changed a great a great deal in uh, a number of years and that's they're the things they use for recovering DNA and fingerprints, you know, fingerprint powers and brushes have, have changed, but not significantly. I think what's changed most and the equipment that, that we kind of see more recently is access to reliable technology, um, which is something that we often cry out for within the public service. We'll say, actually, we, we, need a, we need a laptop that's from this year as opposed to 10 years old. And, and we have that now, which is really great. We've got and, and our teams have got access to really modern, reliable technology, which makes their job easier, which then means the service they provide to victims of crime and investigations is 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 class, you know, is is a one. Um, so there's all sorts of different things, you know. We've got different lights and things, and um, we've got different bits of technology that do different things. Um, but for me, it's about having access to those things that maximises the service that our teams provide to our victims of crime, because ultimately that's what we're here for. With the van, is it a labour of love at times? It's got a lot in it, and I'm sure there's a lot to organise and keep on top of and keep tidy and make sure you've got everything you need, so you don't want to be going to a scene and not have that crucial thing that you need. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, in Dorset, our CSIs drive um, Vauxhall Vivaro vans, and they're bespoke built in the back with uh, a, a custom conversion company to actually allow for those things that, that we need at scenes to be stored stored safely and stored to minimize um cross contamination and contamination because that's a really important important part of our business you know we're collecting evidence which may prove or disprove someone's involvement in a very serious crime so we have to take every step to ensure that actually that the integrity of that evidence is maintained throughout and that comes down to the way it's handled and the way it's stored and transported in our vans so those vans are are you know, full of kit that may be needed at any and every scene. And is it a case that you go to scenes on your own or do you work in teams? I've seen, it must be long hours, so there must be points when you have to switch shifts and this, you touched on there the, the difficulties and importance of making sure there's no cross-contamination. These are all things that you must always factor in and you can never switch off at any point. Yeah, so our CSIs endorse it. Our teams, uh, they do shift work. Um, those shifts cover days and lates. Uh, so there, there's some core hours that, that our teams work and that's from eight in the morning till 10 at night. And there's a number of shifts in between those times and out of hours. So after 10 o'clock, we run a, an on-call system. So every night there'll be at least two members of the team on call to respond to major and serious crime. And our crime scene managers, are a team of, of five or six people who take that responsibility to be that first port of call overnight, make the decision as to what resources are required at, at that scene uh, and and what actions need to be taken. The CSIs wore PPE before it was a mainstream thing. Talk me yes. through the importance of what you do wear when you're out at a scene and, and why it is that, for example. For me, I, I, I see white suits, but I don't specifically know the purpose of them and what they ensure. So it, what our, CS, our CSIs are a uniformed team uh, and they'll wear a, a uniform, much what I'm like wearing now, a blue top with epaulets that identify them as, as members of, of the forensics team. Um, and depending on the scene that they're going to, 
depends on the level of PPE they wear. So it depends what precautions they need to take for that scene. And as a matter of rule, what we tend to see is our more major and serious crime, where we're looking at sort of minute traces of various different evidence types. You'll see them in their white scene suits, we call them scene suits. Um, masks, they wear nets over their hair to, to prevent that contamination, gloves over boots uh, and, and, um, and anything else that's necessary. But the, the purpose of that is to prevent two things. Contamination, which is bringing something into a scene that shouldn't or wasn't there. Um, and cross-contamination is where you sort of move evidence from one place to another. So these pieces of PPE act almost like barriers and you'll see CSIs changing gloves regularly between uh, various tasks at scenes um, because there could be the opportunity for transfer of evidence from one exhibit to another within the same scene. Uh, so CSIs are sort of experts, if you like, in, in anti-contamination methods and that PPE goes a long way to help. And I think I spotted on social media, it might have been yourself, it, it could well have been around that show and I saw a lot of social media activity, you actually could recognise people in their in their PPE without even seeing their face, which I think is quite incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so it, I, I think I put that on my Twitter account. Um, so I've, I've, I run a, a works Twitter account. And for me, that's about showing the work that our CSIs do uh, on a daily basis. Um, and you're right, our teams, we get used to seeing each other in, in that get up, in that PPE, in those white suits and masks. And we get used to how we each look. So actually, you can, I could see a, a press photo and I think, well, I know who that is. But someone else wouldn't have a clue. But yeah, we get we get used to that. We, we see each other in those those outfits so often that um, they be, we become familiar shapes, if you like. Uh, and you touched on earlier how important the minutest detail could be for the detectives and leading on to potentially a, a court case and a court result. And there's obviously victims to near enough every crime. How important does it feel for you to be the job that you guys do on a daily basis? I love my job and it's the best job I've ever had. I wouldn't change it for the world. And that's because of those rewarding moments where you find that piece of evidence that makes a huge difference. And this this could be on a very serious crime, you know, some of the most serious crime that we deal with. And in terms of, you know, looking at it from a society point of view, but actually the most serious crime to one individual could be that house burglary. That's an incredibly intrusive and personal um, attack on, on their personal life. Actually, Finding a fingerprint or, or a piece of evidence or some DNA that actually identifies who's responsible for that, that makes a huge difference to that person and, and, and the way they then carry on with, with how that's affected them. So there's, there's different scales to that. Actually, do you know what? it's really, really rewarding finding any evidence that links someone to a crime or not. Uh, and it really depends for me on, on the impact that has. For, for me, looking at how we fit into to investigations... I like to use the the sort of the comparison of we in terms of importance we we're like a jigsaw piece sometimes with a corner piece and that's where the investigation starts and sometimes with that one piece in the middle that's been missing and it's under the rug somewhere on the floor uh, that, that just sort of finishes the picture oh, that's a really good analogy actually i think of that as uh, uh, is that one of your own it is yeah i thought of it this morning actually yeah uh, very strange and, and i've heard people say as well you know the uh, the, the role of crime scene managers, we've got a team of crime scene managers and our team leaders, is about bringing the right people into a, an investigation at the right time. So they compare themselves to conductors in, in, a, in a sort of a, an orchestra, if you like. They don't know how to play all of those instruments, but they know when to bring them in. And that, and that again, is, is exactly what we do. 
and I guess it's a, a tricky one to sense of when you get those great feelings, whether it's you find it at the scene or you get relayed the court results happened after a trial or a, a sentencing. But then also it must be a balance because you've still got all the other investigation ongoing. It must be a nice feeling, but it's short-lived. It is, yeah. And, and like I said, it's really nice to see those results, whatever those results are, to know that you've had an involvement in some aspect in, in achieving that result for that investigation or that victim of crime. But you're right, that that isn't the end of the job. That's the end of that job for the CSI um, because there will be another job today or tomorrow or next week where they've got to put that same level of commitment and that same level of meticulous searching for that, that evidence in. And, you know, we've, we've got people who've done this for longer than I've been alive uh, or very near. Um, and, you know, they're just as enthusiastic about that today as they were when they joined, which is really, really nice to see. Is it ever challenging going into certain scenes? Because you touched on the, in the most serious ones, you must the things you could have seen. I think I'd struggle to put into words or comprehend. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, one of the questions that people often say to us is, "What's the worst thing you've seen?" Well, no one really wants to know the worst thing that we've seen. And and with you know, with all due respect, most people don't want to talk about the worst thing that they've seen. Um, but our CSIs are ordinary people. And they're doing what I would call an extraordinary job. So their mums and dads, their brothers and sisters and, and, and daughters and sons, they come to work and they see some of the most horrific things that you could imagine that one human being could do to another. Um, and they'll work on that for 12 or 18 hours a day. They'll go home, they'll see their, their family or, or their friends. They'll go to bed, they'll get up and they'll come back and do it again the next day. Um, and it is challenging. Uh, and that although to me that the team of CSIs they're superheroes you know they 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 literally are heroes um then they're not impenetrable so one thing that we're all very mindful of is the impact that this can have on our welfare you know as a as a as a normal person if you like and I'm not saying CSIs are abnormal but as a normal person you might not see any of the things a CSI have seen in your entire life and if you're to see one of those things it would significantly impact your well-being Whereas what we're asking CSIs to do on a very regular basis is see and deal with these things, you know, on a, on a, a daily, a weekly, a monthly basis. Um, so we're very mindful of the impact that can have. And, and as a team, we, we deal with that in our own different ways. We talk to each other about it. You know, there's, there's an element of diffusing, which has become slightly more difficult with the restrictions that COVID's put in place because we can't gather as a group of eight or 10 in, in a room and, and talk about a job. So it's on teams or, or it's a couple of us talking after working on a scene. But yeah, we're very mindful of that. And, you know, it's thankfully it's, it's now right at the forefront of everybody's mind. And, and as time goes on, people are happier to talk about the impact these things have on them. You know, 20 years ago, it wouldn't have been the case. You know, someone would have been told just to get on with it, which is, you know, thankfully today, not the case. Yeah, I guess being in a team just where you all get along and you can all share that experience it may, it may be a challenge of day, but still being able to do it through technology must be absolutely invaluable really absolutely and you know the we, we were talking just the other day about missing that interaction that sort of face-to-face -face interaction and we're not you know we're not alone in that 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 is clearly you know, half of the population if not more that are struggling with the same issues that we're struggling with um, but as time goes on we're finding ways to adapt to the new way of working and using the technology we've got to to, to our best spoke a lot about when you get to a scene what it's like at a scene what happens after that scene so you so you found a fingerprint what happens from that point onwards or you found something you mentioned microscopes earlier what's the bit that 
I never see it a scene because I can't go into your labs and see what goes on behind the scenes. What, what What's happening there? So as, as and I've mentioned earlier, Dorset CSI are part of a sort of a bigger group of people that we refer to as Southwest Forensics. That's a collaboration between the four police forces in, in this part of the country. And within Southwest Forensics, we have another uh, a number of specialist departments who support us and support investigations. So a CSI will pick up or, or find or develop a fingerprint at a crime scene that gets sent to our fingerprint bureau, who for, for the Southwest Forensics are, are based at Portishead. Uh, and we've got a huge team of people up there that are, uh, are fingerprint experts. And they do that part of, of comparing fingerprints to marks from, from records. Uh, and they provide what we call an identification or a match. Um, or they eliminate people. And they say, well, actually, do you know what? We've got this print from the crime scene and we've got this print from the person in custody. They don't match. And they, they will eliminate them. And then we've got the same a similar group of people that do do the same for footwear. So actually footwear impressions uh, are, are really common at crime scenes. People might put gloves on, but you know, you can't float into a crime scene. Uh, and then we've got a, a specialist imaging department. We, you know, we've got a specialist uh, chemical enhancement lab. So we've got all of these sort of supporting functions that you, that you don't see because they won't end up on the front page of, of, of a newspaper or, or on the front page of you know, uh, online news um, reports because actually that's all done behind closed doors in, in, in another place. But they're just as vital to that investigation. Um, when we look at other things, sort of DNA analysis, blood pattern analysis, um, blood searching on clothing, all of those things go to our external partners, what, the people that we refer to as forensic service providers. So these are private organisations that we contract to do work for us. Uh, and they've got labs all over the country and they service um, police forces from all over the country. So that lab work is something that we often don't see either because that exhibit will go to the lab. They'll, they'll do the work that we discuss with them that we require for that investigation and they'll send us back a report or, or a statement with results. Um, but you know, CSI is a small part of Southwest Forensics and the bigger forensics community. You touched on there a lot of different potential pieces of evidence, different things that can be examined. What would you say has been the biggest change or development technologically in, in the time that you've been in the job? So I think uh, traditional forensics, and when I say that, I'm talking about DNA and fingerprints, the job that, that CSIs have historically done, or well, back in the day they were called scenes of crime officers or SOCOs, you know, but the, the, the landscape of forensics has changed. So actually there's a huge amount of digital forensic evidence left behind and at scenes. Um, so I think the biggest change in, in, in recent years is actually the when, when we attend a scene to retrieve evidence, we're not only looking at those, those traditional aspects, but we're looking at all of the digital aspects as well now. So you know, there, there are experts and then teams within Dorset Police, within Southwest Forensics, who do that as well. And, and the role of a CSI is, is, is evolving and developing. So our CSIs in Dorset actually take part in examining mobile phones. So something that, again, that 20 years ago wouldn't have even been a consideration. CSIs are now examining mobile phones for evidence as part of, of investigations into crime. So I think the, the most significant change there is actually a lot, of, a lot of crime can and does come with a digital footprint uh, and as a, a service, as a Southwest Forensic Service, we, we recognise that. Without getting too crystal ball, potentially, um, where, where could things might be going in the future? Sure, it's, a, it's a really good question. And, and I think depending on who you ask and when you ask them, we don't know what we don't know. Um, you know, back in the day, no one would have said 
that from blood you could identify one particular individual, you know, and someone would have said, don't, don't be daft, you can say what blood group it is and that's it. They, would, they had no idea that DNA was what it was going to be and be that part of criminal investigations that it is. So it's, do you know what, I think it's really difficult to, to say, and I wouldn't like to say, because actually, like I said, we don't know what we don't know. So the future for me and the, the, uh, the research and the development that goes on in forensics is really, really important to, to changing what we can and, and will do in the future. And, you know, for me, it's exciting to see what, what we do come up with. And and for you personally, has there been any particular cases where you've found something, you've been sort of taking a real sense of pride, and it just sort of, you must have been to so many scenes, you've probably completely lost count. Is there any that stand out for any particular reason that you can touch on at all? Or is there anything that you, you look back on quite often and sort of think about something? I know that I do that module, there's particular stories I've written or particular instances I've gone to, I've gone and I'll drive past that area again or something like that, and it'll pop into my head. Is, do you have any sort of case of that at all? I do, and do you know what, Jason, if I were to share one or two with you, it would be doing disservice or disjustice to the others that are just as important. But for me, there's jobs that we go to, and this touches on the welfare side of things, that you will never forget. Literally, you will never forget what that scene presented you on that day. And there's some jobs that you never want to remember again. You, you want to forget uh, the, the best you can and never talk about. But... I touched on it earlier. The sometimes the most rewarding aspect is that is that thing that means so much to one person. You know, identifying the the person responsible for breaking in and stealing someone's you know a very personal possessions, things that can never be replaced. Um, and and thankfully, in in the time I've done it, there's a number of those examples. And and that person won't you know they and I would never have conversed after that. And, and sort of said they wouldn't know my name, you know, they wouldn't have known the person responsible for that. But for me, it's a really nice feeling knowing that actually there's someone out there who feels a great deal better because of the work that, that our teams of CSIs have done. Um, and, you know, there clearly is then also the, the comparison with, with major crime, which, which major and serious crime that makes the sort of the headlines, you know, and, and the, the, the full details of those tend to come out as the court case is reported. And it's just as a proud moment to say that we've had involvement in finding justice for someone who, who's been murdered. You know, So there's two ends of the scale, really, and they mean different things to different people. Uh, and, and for us, uh, exactly the same. You know, They mean different things. That marries up across all areas of policing, really. There's, police can be so much and one day could be no like the other, but everything's treated importantly. And... There is that human nature and human feeling to whatever you do. Yeah, absolutely. And and we are an important part of policing, but there are so many important parts of policing that we all support each other. Uh, and without each other, we wouldn't have that, that effective investigation into that crime. Um, and the, the last bit that you mentioned there, you know, someone said to me once when talking about a job, um, you know, you knew what you joined up for. And... I think that's a really narrow-minded view you know, because no one can predict the things that we see as emergency service workers in, in any of the, the, the sort of emergency services that we do. You know, I, I, I spoke about it earlier. We see some of the most horrific things that, that you've seen and you think, I'll never see anything worse than that. And then you do. And then and, and it goes on and on. Um, but, you know, every aspect of policing is really, really important and we all do our, our bit to, to, to find justice for that, that victim of crime or that investigation. And we might have covered this already, potentially, in some of the stuff we've been talking about, but what would be the potentially the biggest misperception 
of the, the job you do that some people might have. One thing that annoys me is everybody thinks that blood uh, reacts to UV light. It doesn't. Well, it does, but it goes black. It absorbs UV light. So on the TV, someone will turn around with a UV light and the room will just glow. It doesn't happen unless you apply chemical to it. But that's a pet peeve of mine. Um, I think what, what TV shows like the CS, uh, CSI have done, they've created what is often referred to as the CSI effect. So everybody thinks that crime can be solved and forensics can be used to solve crime within 20 minutes. And that's not the case. You know, there's, there's long processes, there's long periods of times of CSI on the hands and knees looking for that piece of evidence. And that piece of evidence might be smaller than you can see with your eye. Um, and then there's the process of that being analysed and examined in a lab for a number of weeks or months um, compared to different things. And, you know, fibres being compared to different fibres and blood being compared to DNA profiles. And that takes months and months and months. So the, I, I guess the biggest misconception is that these things can be done and they can be done very very quickly um actually we, we can do them quickly but we can't do them right so if we want to do them right they're going to take time and i think we're probably even guilty of that sometimes we're, we're stood at scenes and we're like he's not come out for like an hour like what are they doing in there but then you know that you got a job to do and it's got to be done properly absolutely and and for me it's it's about doing we, we we're given the responsibility our csis are given the responsibility of investigating that crime, which may or may not show someone's involvement or not in a crime that could find justice for someone who's been murdered or it could put someone into prison. And you know, that's a really, really important thing. So if it takes three days, it takes three days. Um, and I'd rather they take their time and get it right than, than, than go quickly uh, and miss something of, of great importance. And I'm sure there's many people that when they read about what CSIs do and they see it on the television, it spokes their interest and it's something they might want to do. First of all, what's the best way? Is there a way to get into it or look into it? Is there a route to go down? What would you say to someone who's interested? Different forces apply different um, prerequisites or, or requirements for the role of CSI, and it varies depending on which force you look at. Uh, some forces, and I was lucky enough when I joined the West Midlands, I didn't need previous experience so for me, I went in having uh, had some involvement in policing uh, as a volunteer um, and, uh, and, and I had done wedding photography, believe it or not. So photography is a big aspect of the job as well. So that helped me there. But some forces will ask for training or, or previous experience in various things. So I think my, my advice is for, for anyone looking at it is to see what your local force requires uh, and then see what you can do to improve your experience in those areas that are required. You know, I, I studied marketing management at university and that couldn't be further away from the job I do now. Um, so, you know, for anyone who hasn't followed a, a degree in, in forensics, don't worry because it's not a, you know, it's not necessarily a requirement. Um, you know, the, the, the training that CSIs get uh, is the same regardless of your background so if we you know we employed two CSIs from two very different backgrounds next week they would both go on the same uh, training course to bring them up to, to the standards we expect as a crime scene investigator. And what would you say in terms of if they wanted to know what either how rewarding it was or what the best thing was of it to, to just give them an insight you touched on it to start I just feel like we sort of should close the circle as such. As a CSI uh, and when I performed the role of a CSI the biggest reward was finding that one piece of evidence and I talked about the jigsaw puzzle earlier that just puts that one piece in the middle that we've been missing for so long. Um, and, and now as, as the coordinator here in Dorset, what makes me proud is seeing 
the the enjoyment and the reward on CSI's faces when they find that piece of evidence because I, I can't take any credit for the work the CSI's do you know they they're the people on their hands and knees in the scenes doing this work um, and I know that actually finding that that one piece of evidence that really brings the picture together is is really really rewarding and just the last one because we're sort of in this life at the minute and you've mentioned your team a lot I feel it'd be wrong to not credit your team and the work they do is there anything you'd like to say about them because they might listen in and be like he didn't say anything about what we do and, and praise us you touched on it there but i just feel it'd be a good thing to end on uh on the team yeah. and, and what they do and how important they are and, and i've i've said it but i will reiterate it for me i've got there's a team here who are ordinary people doing an extraordinary job um and they're doing it day in and day out often behind closed doors and no one has a clue so for me it's a big thank you to them for the service that they're providing to the victims of crime in Dorset and the region. Thank you so much for your time, Ryan. It's been a really interesting chat. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So that concludes the first instalment of the Echo Dispatch. Thank you for listening on this far, and I hope you enjoyed it. Please get in touch with any feedback and suggestions on who you would like to hear from during the series by emailing me at jason.lewis at bournemouthecho.co.uk. Thanks again and bye for now. The Echo Dispatch with Jason Lewis.